0: Log Talk Radio.
1: So you said that he drugged and assaulted you. You said multiple times. Yes. Right. You were a teenage, you were a teenager, an aspiring actress. What do you believe happened?
0: Well, there were several occasions that I would, I woke up uh, out of a very confused state, um, not in my clothes. There was an occasion at his brownstone in New York City where I had gone for dinner and um, had one glass of wine with dinner. There were staffers there, the house was mingling with people, and before I knew it, I was With my head over the toilet, throwing up, and he was holding my hair out of my face while I threw up, and I was in a white t-shirt and my panties, and he was looming over me in a white robe.
1: and so, so you were at his house at a dinner party, or were you there to be with him? I
0: was there alone, hmm. and he had been mentoring me and grooming me. Hmm. I'm from Denver, Colorado, and when I was 17, my agent introduced me to him hmm. to groom me, to mentor me, to get me ready for show business, and part of that was bringing me to New York City.
1: Did he ever make advances towards you when you weren't, because you believed that you were drug when you weren't drug, did he make advances towards you?
0: It was a very um controlling and manipulative environment. It was very um very controlled, very isolated and uh there were twisted things. There were there were telltale signs. But nothing overt. Uh there was something pretty overt in Reno, Nevada. Mm-hmm. But by that time, um, I was very much under control and under his thumb. And I don't recall that there was there were drugs involved in that. So after the, in after the
1: initial time you spent, you said Reno, Nevada. You also went to, I believe, Atlantic City.
0: Yes. And
1: you put yourself in a position to be close to him again. Was that naivete? Was that youth? Why would you do that?
0: I would say that is... It's so many different things. Victims of sexual assault go through so many different things. I was young. I was in New York City. He and my agent were subsidizing my housing and my acting classes, and my job was to focus on acting, do what I was told, stay on the straight and narrow. And when things started to happen with him, Mm -hmm. I couldn't go to my agent. I was terrified of her, and I was terrified of him. And he would say things, if I started to ask questions or I would get, you know, the confusion from the drugs, and I'd be asking questions. He'd say, well, you were drunk. W- and I would say, well, I can't, I can't, I wasn't drunk, but I can't let my agent know I was, you know, in that position. She, I'm supposed to be working so what hard do you think in it, New what, How do
1: you think he drugged you? Do, you? do you have any idea, no?
0: I never saw any drugs, but I wo- would wake up um, completely confused, half-dressed, and knowing that my body had been, Without my permission,
1: you have struggled over the years to have your allegations taken seriously. Yeah. and it wasn't until a comedian recently talked about it, and this is you know some time later, almost 30 years later. Actually, through.
0: no, actually no. I've been speaking out publicly and trying to have the story um, believed and heard since 2004. Do you actually. think it's been
1: taken seriously enough?
0: It's starting to. I'm really glad now. It's, it's a relief to know that the critical masses are starting to finally pay attention. It's been a long, hard, lonely, dark road.
1: You've never taken legal action, though.
0: I didn't. No, I, I didn't. And I didn't. Uh, my Why didn't I? Well, I tried. I told my agent one time. She did not believe me. Um, I, a friend of mine in 89 took me to an attorney, He laughed me out of the office. At that point, nobody would believe me. He was—he was Dr. Huxtable. He was America's dad. Everybody loved him. I loved him. I wanted him to be my dad, and nobody believed me. And I just—I was so broken down at that point, and had gone through so much of having this my mind completely manipulated. I just, when I got kicked out of New York City, they put me back to Denver with the clothes on my back. My things got locked in the apartment. I had to sue to get my things back. I regrouped, came back to New York and I just said I just have to put this away. I have to just get on with my life.
1: Cosby, through his attorneys, repeatedly denied sexually assaulting anyone. Now this is according to the Washington Post. A representative for Bill Cosby did not return multiple calls and emails from Washington Post staff for Washington Post staff for uh, comments on barber's op ed. Today we spoke to a representative of Bill Cosby's who didn't want to address the resurfacing of the allegations.
2: And good evening, everybody, and thank you for choosing King Jordan Radio. This is King Jordan you're listening to for November 20th, 2014. Today we have a very special guest. He is a New York City defense attorney. He's also a CNN legal analyst. Today we'll go over Bill Cosby, Peterson, Adrian Peterson, Ferguson, Ray Rice, and more. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to the program the one, the only, Richard Herman. Good evening, Richard. How
3: are you? Good evening, King Jordan. How are you?
2: Okay, Richard, uh, you're the legal analyst. Um, What do you think of all these belated claims uh, said at at the comedian? Is it true or is it false? What's your uh, interpretation?
3: Here's the thing. Nobody is ever going to know. We're not going to know what went on here. We're just not going to know. And there's a statute of limitations, which means there's a period of time within which you can bring a civil lawsuit, uh, and there's a period of time within which the government or the state can prosecute a case criminally. There's a reason for statutes of limitations. It's to preserve evidence. It's to make sure matters are brought in a timely fashion. So what we have now... 30, 40 years after the fact, are people regurgitating facts and circumstances and events that either they think took place in their life or maybe did take place, but they never made a move at the time or at or about the time these events took place. And that is the critical problem here. If they, there are there are divisions and district attorney's offices that are set up with experts to handle uh, domestic abuse, to handle any type of sexual assault cases. There are experts, there are there are psychiatrists, psychologists, there are detectives, uh there are people there who can do it, who are trained to do this. And all these people, no one, none of them took advantage of that. So what's happened here is How can you believe these stories? I mean, how can you – it's become – it's rising to the level beyond absurdity at this point where people are crawling out of the woodwork where they claim to have gone out with him, gone back to his apartment with him, had drinks with him, took pills with him, and, oh, my God, uh, we had – I think we had sex. I mean, it is beyond belief. It is really in- incredulous at this time. And uh, all these people, whatever, however they have created history in their minds, I mean, think back. Think back on what you had for dinner two weeks ago. Think back on what happened a couple months ago. Think back a year ago, two years ago. These people are talking about events that took place 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago. And sometimes over the course of time, you know, I played ball, so some of the games I played in when I was in high school, if you ask me about them now, I mean, they're going to be a little different than when I played back then, you know. It's just people have a tendency, their imaginations wander a little bit. And and I say that, and and I don't say that to put, anybody down I'm not, I'm not putting them down I think they're pathetic all these people actually because they didn't do anything and they should have done something and people who claim to be supermodels who I don't even know how they can make that claim but you know anyway why don't you do something at the time go have a district attorney take the case and the district attorneys who heard some of these claims rejected them they said we don't have a case there is no case here there's no case to bring we cannot bring a case, so then they can do a lesser standard of proof, burden of proof, and bring a civil case against him for assault. But they haven't done it. Nobody has done that. So you know, Bill Cosby is in a lose-lose situation because he has he has absolutely no reason to comment on any of this insanity which he's not doing, and if he was my client, I'd tell him also, you know, he had blanket denial, he's never been convicted of a crime, he's never been uh, sued civilly and uh had a claim, had a, had a judgment against him for any of these allegations. So he's in a lose-lose, because now, because of the public uproar, he's losing endorsement deals, he's losing Netflix, turn them down, he's losing TV shows, he's, he's getting annihilated, and there's really nowhere for him to go. And I heard my old buddy Nancy Grace claiming, whoa, he should have brought defamation claims here against these people. That would That would prove to us. He doesn't have to he's in his mid to late 70s. He's going to waste money suing in civil court for defamation and perhaps getting a judgment against these people where he can wipe his butt with the judgment because none of these people have any money. It's absurd. You know what? It's absurd, and it's pathetic, and it's a lose-lose for Bill Cosby. Um, You know, I I mean, I'm I'm not in awe of Bill Cosby. Everybody watched him growing up. He's a talented actor and comedian but uh you know it's it's not it's not right what's going on right now it's really there's something wrong with the system where people can come out of the woodwork and move the rock and crawl out from behind the rock and 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 spew these allegations and these are very serious allegations with absolutely nothing to corroborate what they're saying just let it out and uh, let the damage fall on a on someone who is in the public eye who spent a lifetime building a career He's getting annihilated right now, and there's really nothing he can do.
2: let me play devil's advocate. Uh, If you are these people, why would you want to come out and say such horrendous things, A, if you're not going for any money, B, uh, doesn't that make it more truthful?
3: It doesn't make it more truthful. You've got the choo-choo train running here. So a few people are making allegations. A few uh, news organizations are covering them. So people are just coming out of the woodwork. They're coming out of the woodwork now every every I mean there's stories today there's more people today claiming this. If this guy was such a predator all his career, you would think that someone would prosecute this guy. You think that some district attorney would take the case. Nobody took it but there were no you would claims. agree
2: that we, it would be hard to prosecute a man especially in the peak of his career of uh, Bill Totterley, you know how big he was in the eighties uh he was Superman. Back then, I mean, with your, if you're a prosecutor, would you really want to take on Bill Cosby? If you're getting yeah, a, some
3: prosecutors, some prosecutors, yeah, some prosecutors want to make a name for themselves. This would, this would be a great feather in their cap, a great stripe on their shoulder, on their sleeve to take down Bill Cosby in a case like this, a horrific sexual assault or rape case. You know, they would love to get that under their uh, under their badge, but it's not going to happen because these stories are ridiculous. They're beyond ridiculous. And uh, these people are pathetic. They really are pathetic for making these allegations now, thirty, forty years after the fact. It's 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 gotten beyond absurd right now. It really has. What would and be the their
2: motivation, month? though?
3: their their motivation is who knows a, a supermodel who's got zero career her nobody sees her name why does she all of a sudden get now interviews with all these agencies why do why do these these washed up actresses or these no talent people that are making money why do they take selfies of themselves and nude pictures of themselves and throw them on the internet and say oh i didn't i didn't mean to do that you know why do they do that because they're pathetic and they're they're uh they're publicity whores, and they want to get their name out there. Their sun is the sun is set on their careers, or whatever else they were doing. And uh, you know, people have a tendency to recreate history and 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 look at events and, and and circumstances and change them and mold them. And and today's society is certainly different than what it was thirty forty years ago. And the tolerance for certain behaviors is not the same today as it was back then. But still, mechanisms were in place. You have to have evidence must be tested and it must be tested by cross-examination whether it's oral testimony or it's documentary testimony, you have to have the ability to cross-examine it or impeach it. And that's the way you know if the evidence is credible and believable. And so these people are getting freebies. They're just taking shots at him right now. And nobody is questioning them. Nobody is delving into the foundation for the statements that they're making. They're just getting freebies. And they're taking their shots at at Bill Cosby. And he's, you know, pretty much, I think his career is finished. I think Vegas is the only venue that uh, hasn't terminated him right now. I think he has some <laughs> shows lined up, and uh, he'll, we'll probably, let him and and him he'll probably get standing ovations.
2: Do you believe that each and every accuser is is making up the story or bending the story? What what's your you know, opinion it, it, on that? Do you think something sit- happened and they're exaggerating it?
3: When you sit back and 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 hear one after the other come forward, it's like. You know, in court, in a criminal case, when the government puts up all these witnesses against a defense, uh, a defendant, and then in summation, they stand in front of the jury and say, you know, um, it's a rough day for the defendant here because he's claiming this person, lied, this person lied, this person lied, this person lied, this person lied. So everybody lied to get the defendant. And so here it's easy to sit back and say, wow, there must be some truth. If all these coming forward right now, there must be some truth to what they're saying and he had to have been an animal, and uh, and he needs to speak about this. But why does he need to speak? He can't win. They can't sue him. They can't prosecute him. All the statutes are blown here, and if they do, probably they'll probably get sanctioned and have to pay his legal fees if anybody tries to do anything. So there's nowhere for them to go. There's nowhere for him to go. By him standing up and saying, it's a lie, it's all a lie, are the people who are supporting these alleged victims? are they going to believe anything he says right now just because he says it didn't happen? no, they're not going to believe it. He has he at all times he when these issues have arisen years and years ago, he has flatly unequivocally denied they ever took place so now. What's, what's he supposed to do now? Go on 60 Minutes and say, yes, I'm hearing all these stories. Yes, I saw this person. We were friends. We were together. I never forced myself on them. They consented to everything, and I would never do that. I mean, how does he win? He can't win. So there's nowhere you're, for him to go You're right his
2: now. lawyer. What are you telling him to do? Just be quiet?
3: I tell him, get some pudding pops and some Jell-O and Camille and go on a vacation somewhere. Go to Europe and hang out. That's what I tell them. <laughs> well, yeah, I the like problem those putti- is those his- pudding pops were good. I don't even are they around anymore because I good. used to love those things. Jeez.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, but he uh, a lot of there wasn't one settlement though back in uh, two thousand four. Thirteen women at all. We'll see if this. You know, was there was one legacy. There was
3: one civil. Wait, there was one civil settlement, and the thing is this. People settle cases for various reasons. Just because someone settles a case doesn't mean that they committed a a crime or they committed any sort of act that would have warranted a judgment against them. There are a multitude of reasons that go into settlements, and that's why settlement discussions and negotiations are not admissible in trial. if If the settlements break and you end up going to trial... All of that is not admissible because everybody's encouraged to settle cases. So who knows why Bill Cosby settled that one case? I don't know why. I'm not going to read into it. I've had I've instructed many clients to settle cases, whether they were uh, you know innocent or, or guilty of, of, of anything, uh, because sometimes it's cost prohibitive to litigate these things. Sometimes there's no upside to you to do it. Sometimes it's just in the best interest of everybody to put it away. And uh, there's a lot of reasons that go into settlements.
2: No question. Um, I want you to hear uh, Stephen A. Smith on the Adrian Peterson situation, and then I want to get your take on the Adrian Peterson a, situation. I came to Cleveland last night. I woke up this
4: morning, Skip Bayless. It was one
5: degrees. I don't want to hear any complaints. I don't thing. want to hear it. Poor
4: thing, your jet set lifestyle is cold there. This
5: is this is the reason I will never <laughs> forgive LeBron for leaving <laughs> well, South well, Beach. Wait, this wait, is wait, what is I'm talking is, about.
6: I, I, I just heard. saw you on ESPN last last night at halftime of one of the games, didn't I? Didn't I? Yeah. how did you get to Cleveland last night?
5: Did I, you walk? I, I took I took a car service five oh. hours from N.D. to Cleveland.
4: Oh, it's a tough life, and I'm guys. Here. Yeah, it's a tough life, huh? Oh. It's one degree. I'm here. I'm, re- okay. I'm ready,
5: but it's cold. Right. It's cold.
4: Stephen A. Smith is in Cleveland where LeBron and the Spurs play tonight. We will discuss that a little later on in our show, but uh, let's talk about the other things that will be on the show today. We missed you yesterday for 24 hours of college basketball. We will discuss the freshman phenom, Jalil Okafor coming up a little later on in the show but first let's get right to it. On Tuesday the NFL notified Vikings running back Adrian Peterson that he's been suspended for the rest of the 2014 season and his return to the league will not be considered before April 15th of 2015. The league is suspending Peterson for violating its personal conduct policy after he pleaded no contest earlier this month to reckless assault of his four-year-old son. The NFL Players Association says it plans to appeal the suspension. The arbiter in Peterson's grievance hearing has ruled in favor of the NFL, saying the league can keep Peterson on the commissioner's exempt list, which effectively ends any chance that Peterson will play again this season, but he will be paid while he's on that list. But according to Peterson's attorney, he should have been reinstated immediately after his legal issues were
6: resolved. Let's listen.
7: I'm just speechless because in this country, we usually don't have punishment being made up as it goes along. And then for, for Goodell's statement to be so hypocritically self-righteous about, about Adrian not showing sufficient remorse, who in the hell does he think he is? The citizens of Texas, in a grand jury proceeding after hearing all the testimony and seeing the evidence, chose to indict Mr. Peterson, for a felony count of abusing a child mister peterson entered a plea and the judge in texas not roger goodell the judge in texas found that there was in his words substantial evidence to support mr peterson's guilt and mister peterson not roger goodell mister peterson signed a paper acknowledging quote i am criminally responsible and it was fully appropriate for the NFL to impose some discipline, pursuant to the process that was collectively bargained.
4: Okay, and Roger Goodell, in a letter, explained this. He says the punishment, the injury inflicted on your son, includes emotional and physical trauma to a young child who suffers criminal criminal physical abuse at the hands of his father. Again. That was part of Roger Goodell's letter um, into why he decided to issue that punishment. Stephen A. Smith, we discussed this on the show, and we're not discussing how you should discipline a child, but we are talking about Roger Goodell, the the discipline in which he handed down to Adrian Peterson. What are uh, your reaction to the suspension?
5: Well, I think it was excessive. I completely agree with Adrian Peterson's attorney, Mr. Rusty Hardin, uh, particularly when he said to Roger Goodell, who the hell do you think you are? I stand by those kind of assertions. I stand by those kind of questions in a manner in which it was vehemently expressed by Mr. Hardin because I think it was appropriate in this particular situation. We all understand that Adrian Peterson is no martyr. We all understand that he was incredibly wrong and egregious. We also understand uh, that, that, again, when we saw those Marks and that child we all considered it Abuse we talked about it on this show Ad Nauseam That to me is a separate issue in this respect Obviously he went on the Commissioner's list he was being paid At the time of course but he wasn't Allowed to play football Well, now that the decision has been made and the plea deal was reached or what have you, I personally would not have had any problem whatsoever with Commissioner Raj Goodell confiscating the remaining $4.1 million of Adrian Peterson's salary or fining him $5 million or what have you. But the games missed are the games missed. And that obviously to me should be enough. The fact that this is extended uh, to an entire season to me, is is is, is that it reeks of a PR move on a part of the NFL who know that they performed the dereliction of duty uh, for so many years as it pertained to a bevy of issues affecting its league and their willingness to address it. Had they addressed these,
7: Richard
2: Herman, when you hear all this stuff, Rusty Hardin, uh Stephen A. Smith, uh, what's your uh, standpoint with uh, Adrian Peterson?
3: Well, there's a couple issues here. There are procedural issues, and then there are the moral issues here. So understand, for one, that Roger Goodell has absolutely been humiliated by the Ray Rice situation. I mean, that is complete and utter humiliation. To make a determination, give a punishment, and then have that video come out of him knocking out his girlfriend dead cold on the floor there, then dragging her out and dropping her head on a marble floor. And, you know, the slap on the wrist that he gave him um, really just humiliated him in the public eye. And then on the heels of that comes Adrian Peterson, six feet, six foot one, uh, 200 pounder, solid muscle, probably bench presses 450 pounds, takes a branch off a tree and strips the leaves Puts the leaves in his four-year-old son's mouth and then begins to violently whip this kid with with the kid's pants down. Just whip him 15, 20 times, who knows how many times, because he doesn't know. Okay? A four-year-old. I mean, what did the kid do? Did he go out and shoot someone? I mean, what did the kid do? He wanted some chocolate or something. I mean, some ridiculous reason here for this type of discipline. So... What happens? Well, Peterson gets indicted. He gets indicted for felony, and uh, a plea deal is entered into. And, and Rusty Harden's a great lawyer and did great with Roger Clemens. And, and so there's a great resolution to the case where Peterson didn't even have enough balls to get up there and allocate to what he did. He just took a no low plea, which meant he really, I don't want to say yes or no here, I just basically can't defend myself, and that was his position. That's a cheap way out. That's a punk's way out. He should have stood up right then and there and admitted to what he did, but he didn't do that. But he did get convicted now. And What did he get convicted of? He got convicted of misdemeanor reckless assault. So on a job application, Mr. Peterson, have you ever been convicted of a crime? Answer, yes. Can't say no, it's not a speeding ticket, it's not a parking ticket, it's a misdemeanor, it's a crime, he has a criminal record. So he beat the crap out of this kid, bad, real bad, and he pled guilty to a crime. So the NFL, on the heels of Ray Rice and on the heels of Roger Goodell saying, now I'm going to enhance the penalties for any types of domestic abuse, uh, for first offenses of assault, battery, domestic violence. It's going to be an immediate six-game suspension and and could be worse. And then he looks at Adrian Peterson, and Peterson is basically telling people, yeah, on the way to court, I, I, got, I got high, did a little drug, did a little pot, and uh, he really hasn't shown a lot of remorse, and he really hasn't shown remorse. So uh why be appalled at that, out, that statement by Goodell? I mean, everyone sees it. Peterson is, I mean, I think Peterson 100% believes what he did was okay. His daddy did it to him. His daddy's daddy did it to right. his daddy. That's how we do things in the South. You know, in the Northeast, they took belts out and belted us. But, you know, either way, either way. It's not going to be tolerated in the year 2014. So while the NFL is trying to clean up its image, on the heels of that, you have Roger Goodell imposing this uh, suspension for the rest of the season, which, by the way, I, I predicted this is exactly what was going to happen to Peterson. But the problem here, and there's a procedural problem, during the course while this is pending for Adrian Peterson, the NFL then goes ahead and enhances its... Um, punishment for domestic abuse, yeah. and, and the argument here is because that this punishment was not in place before the events took place with Peterson, he should not fall under that guise. It should not be retroactive against him, and uh, therefore, uh, it's excessive. Uh, what's happening to him, they're arguing that it's unprecedented, it's arbitrary, it's unlawful, and they're they're demanding an independent arbitrator. They're not going to get an independent arbitrator. They have to argue along the lines that because the NFL's policy in place at the time the incident took place, that's what Peterson should be punished for. Either way, let's face it, the guy did not play the first, he played what, one game and then sat out for six, seven games? He got paid. He got paid for those right. games, and so now 100%. it was always right. going to come to the NFL to make an ultimate determination what to do with him. It was always going to them. They didn't collectively bargain that once uh, there's a judicial determination that he goes, he's reinstated. That was never going to be the case. He sat out voluntarily and got paid. He got paid. Yeah. What did he get? Three, four million dollars oh. a game. I don't know what he got. He got a lot of money to sit out and rest up much his as body.
2: That Baseball yeah, yeah, right. on 13 years. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, so Adrian, can you tell my audience, um, if it was a low-level person that lived in, let's say, the Bronx, same situation as Peterson, just doesn't have as much money, where would that person be right now?
3: If this was a uh, young black father in the Bronx who took a branch of a tree and beat the crap out of his son the way Adrian Peterson did, he would go via Rikers Island and be probably incarcerated right now. That's what would happen to that individual. So, you know, that's, that's the right. thing. There are two different types of justice, justice for the rich and wealthy, justice for the poor in the country. Sadly, there is. And and and, and this is a classic example of it. I mean, he got off light. here. I understand it's a first offense for him. I understand all of that. But look, I know what he did to this kid, and uh, I saw the evidence of it on the kid. And I've listened to Peterson give interviews and listened to him talk. And, of course, the case didn't go to trial, so I didn't get a chance to evaluate the evidence. But, you know, it seemed to me that there's a reason it didn't go to trials because it was probably indefensible, this case. So you make a deal, they made a deal, and Peterson's got to live with it. And, frankly, to, 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 look, <clears throat> to finish out the rest of the year and not playing and come back next year – And be able to play next year. And by the way, there's no guarantee right now because Goodell said maybe April. April, we'll take a look at you and see if you've got (laughs) therapy and to show him some remorse. And if you are, then I'll reinstate you, basically. So it's up to Adrian. It really is. And he had plenty of opportunity to show remorse. He had plenty of opportunity to go to the NFL and say, listen, I really made a mistake here. I recognize what I did was wrong, and I will never, ever do this again. He didn't do that. So if Rusty Harden really wanted to represent him properly, I think that's what he should have done. He should have gone in, sat down with the NFL, with Goodell, acknowledged everything that he did, and assured them that this conduct and behavior would never, ever happen again, because that's what the NFL is looking for, and that's what society is looking for. Whether you're a football player or a plumber or a lawyer or a doctor or whatever you are, or a famous um, talk show host like you, this is what people <laughs> want to see. they give you the benefit of the doubt one time, but make sure assure us it's never going to happen again. And, you know, Adrian didn't what's, really do that, so he's paying the price.
2: What's your take on Rusty Harding, the lawyer? He got coming off.
3: Yeah, Rusty Harden is, uh, look, he's he is a uh, well-respected veteran, veteran sophisticated, um, excellent criminal defense attorney, um, knows a lot of people, and uh, is very talented, and has gotten some tremendous results over the years, including Roger Clemens. So, you know, kudos to him. He got a good resolution here, but I think he could have taken it one step further, and he should have known, he should have known that the NFL... On the heels of Ray Rice, we're going to be so sensitive to a case like this that uh, he should have gone above and beyond the call of duty here, and he didn't. So now everyone wants to take appeals, this and that. It's outrageous. It's you know, it's uh, unprecedented. It's arbitrary. It's all this. You know, that's going nowhere. Roger Goodell is the king of the NFL. He makes the owners tons and tons of money. They are never, ever going to terminate roger goodell he's there to stay he's the king and you go it's either his way or the highway unfortunately that's how it is
2: all right staying on the nfl give me a take on the whole ray ray situation and where they stand right now
3: Ray Rice is a very interesting situation, and again its it's it's just procedural because if you look at the events that took place there and i believe I believe from everything I've read that the n f l had that video, I believe that all this information was in the possession of Goodell when he made his initial determination and whether he and i don't believe he saw it, so that's negligence i mean that's just basic negligence on Goodell and his staff. To not have vetted this case fully and understood it before rendering a punishment on uh, Ray Rice. But the point is is that they rendered a punishment against him. And there was no new evidence that came out after that initial punishment was rendered. So what Goodell right. does is the, everybody sees the video after... He gets slapped on the wrist both by the state and by the NFL. With The state, by the way, gave him a slap on the wrist, too. Can you imagine, again, that's hypothetical we talked about, about the poor young black man <laughs> in uh, in the Bronx knocking out his girlfriend and it's caught on video. Knocking out Cole. Oh, forget about it. I mean, come on. He's
2: sitting in, in the, the tomb so, for a couple of days before he even sees a judge.
3: Yeah, right. You sit there. And in the Manhattan, you know, it's 24- to 36-hour turnaround from the time you get arrested. You're just sitting there, you know, eating cheese sandwiches with the rats running around in the tombs, you know, so it's bad. So Six-year-old
2: <laughs> <your> milk. <laughs> so,
3: yeah. So what happens is this guy gets a punishment inflicted against him by the NFL, and, and Ray Rice says, okay, I'm going to, you know, I, I understand that, and I'll deal with it. Well, after Roger, Roger Goodell gets humiliated by the... Uh, dissemination of the video through TMZ and all the other news outlets and everybody else and everybody looking at This is outrageous what happened here. Uh, Goodell says, you know what? I didn't punish you hard enough. I'm going to punish you worse now. <clears throat> and that's the point. You can't do that. Right. You don't have the ability to do that in the court system and by virtue of the collective bargaining agreement in the NFL. Here, Roger Goodell's hands are tied. And here, I firmly believe
0: he will lose...
3: On this appeal that's filed, he will lose, and Ray Rice will be reinstated. Not that he's shown anything this year when he was playing. I mean, not that he's shown any ability to make a difference in a game this year. But uh, he deserves, I think he deserves to get back in. I think the initial punishment was too light, but that's what it was. So we live with that. You can't come back and take two bites of the apple. You get one bite of the apple, make it a good bite, and then you move on. And uh, Roger Goodell is going to get double humiliated here because now they're going to direct that he be reinstated. And I don't know if Baltimore is going to take him back or they're going to try to trade him. I don't know what they're going to do to him. But uh, I think he will be eligible to play in the NFL this season because the judge who handled the case has, uh, rather than... Allow the parties to have a month to submit finishing briefs and this and that. She demanded all briefs this week, like one week after the arbitration concluded, which is almost record-setting. And she's a brilliant judge. I've tried cases before in the Southern District of New York. She's very smart. She's very sharp. And uh, I I think by her demanding briefs this quick – you're going to get a quick decision here, and another week or two, I think we're going to get an ultimate resolution, and I think I really do think he's going to be reinstated.
2: Do you believe that Roger Goodell is probably the worst commissioner out of all the uh, four major sports, NBA, NHL, MLB?
3: Well, or at look, least you don't we're... see all
2: these crimes.
3: Worst commissioner in, in what regard? You know, if you're a team owner in the NFL, um, you go to sleep with a picture of Roger Goodell on your nightstand because he's just making you more money than you <laughs> ever could have dreamed of. So he's your hero. Right. If you're, you know, a fan looking in at the NFL and the way the players are being treated and, and the way these decisions are coming down and looks looks like it's arbitrary well, and depreciation. Yeah, all these these crimes that are being committed, but maybe they were always being committed and not publicized as much. I don't know. But look, Goodell looks right. bad. Look, but the, the way the NFL handled, the way the NBA handled the Sterling case, I mean, to me, that was one of the biggest travesties I've ever seen in my life. That was a disgrace, and that commissioner should have resigned based on that. I have no respect for the NBA commissioner based on how he handled the Sterling case. Zero respect for him. That is a punk. He is a punk and a puppet sitting there running the NBA. To me, he's the worst. But Goodell looks bad, and uh, he looks bad for the fans and in the public eye. But if you're an owner, and really, you know, people keep, are, look. People are going to continue to go. The Giants are sold out, no matter how pathetic they're playing this year, and it's embarrassing. And you know, Dallas is going to come in. And- Crush them this week, but they got nothing. They got no <laughs> offensive line, no defensive line. Eli five interceptions. I never heard of that in my life. It's just pathetic what's going on with the Giants. Yet, season tickets sold out. You can't get tickets. They're sold out for the next what twenty years. What about the coach? Season
2: is he going to
3: take? I think he's, he's gone. I think you know how incredible that a Hall of Fame, you know, absolutely Hall of Fame, Super Bowl, multi Super Bowl winning coach is going to be told. You need to resign this year, just like they did to Tom Landry. You're going to have to end it right now because, you know, you're done. We can't continue like this with you. Thank you for the memories, and that's how sports are. Thanks for, you know, it's not what you did in the past. It's what you're what doing you're now. What have you done for me lately? I think What Coughlin have you done has, for me lately? Uh, and both times done.
2: he beat Bill Belichick, you know, that's yeah. son. He didn't beat, no, you know, he beat, I guess, the, the best football coach in the uh, NFL right now.
3: Well, and, uh, I, I, like I, you know, probably, get but it's over. Win. Look, these last two seasons are just disgraceful for the Giants, so I think it's yeah. over for Carlton. Yeah.
2: Just staying on football, the under, the, uh, well, the Oakland Raiders who haven't won a game all year are leading fourteenth to three. Let's see if that holds up. They're they're 0 and 10, I believe. So this is um, why this but, is why
3: uh, you cannot this is why you cannot bet football because if you looked at the games last week and you saw the resolutions of those games, your head would spin off. Oh that, yeah, you know. You'd oh be, yeah. No, no favor covered, and, uh, you know, and now you look at this, and the Raiders, I mean, this was like a gimme game, you know, and, and to see the Raiders <laughs> winning like that, it's uh, it's shocking.
2: I, uh, shocking. Not what one win. Okay, James Winston, let's touch on him. What's your thoughts?
3: Jameis Winston, in my opinion, is the greatest college quarterback that I think I've seen in the last 30 years. He's that good. Really? I think he's... All of luck and more. He's mobile. He's smart. He's big on the field. He's big and strong. He has a beautiful, quick release. He sees the entire field. He reads defenses. And he's a winner. That's a capital W. He's a winner. This guy does not lose. He, again, he does not lose. So how he how the Florida State is ranked third in that uh ridiculous poll that they have for the playoff is just insanity to me they are the number one team, they're the defending national champions, they're undefeated and I don't care, that Miami team was a tough team, on a hot, hot team, on a home field and I don't know too many teams that could have beat Miami like that, so I'm telling you, Jameis Winston is a superstar, he is the biggest superstar he's going to sign a billion dollar contract in the NFL, and the Giants are try to go after him or someone, but here's the problem with Jameis Winston, he he is out of control. His handlers, I don't know who's handling him. He's out of control. He may not make it to the pros. He may be arrested. He, may, he Who knows what's going to happen to this guy because he just finds trouble. He's being investigated for point shaving now. He has his incident on Florida State campus there. If I represent James Winston, if he's my guy, what I do is this. After each game, I put a straitjacket on them. I chain him, I put them into a room, I make them sit there all week, I take him out for practice, put him back in, get him through this season. Because in my mind, nobody can beat Florida State this year. They'll win it again. Once they win a national championship back-to-back, then Jameis submits a letter of resignation to Florida State University, walks out. He leaves. There's no reason for him to stay there. There's no reason for him to participate in any of their internal investigations that are conducted by non-professionals who are people who maybe have a bug up their butts trying to get this guy. Who knows what's going on internally on that campus? I would never allow him to participate in any of that. Any information or evidence that comes out during those can be used against him in a state proceeding. I wouldn't even take that chance. I'd walk out. You can kiss my butt. You don't have jurisdiction on me. I'm getting ready to sign. I'll be the first draft pick, and I'm going to sign. I'm a franchise player. I'm going to sign a huge contract with the NFL, and I can go back to night school if I really want to get that degree. But uh,
7: he and, should not
3: participate in anything at Florida State. He should just get through the season, get through these playoffs, do his best to win a national championship, and then leave, get out of Tallahassee. Start running. Get out of there. Do not, not stay. Not because not only they're in November, but...
2: What do you they're like uh to come out of the NFL? I know we're only in Thanksgiving area, but uh you have any early predictions uh for your two matchups in the uh in the Super Bowl?
0: Well, you
3: know, I'm I'm so disappointed with Denver this year. They really they're just very disappointing. And and the thing yeah, is they New England St. Louis. I mean New England looks like they're the team to beat right now. They look very strong. They're doing what they Ten have to do to win. Been They always let you down, though, New England. You know, they always seem to fall apart, so... I guess right now New England is the hottest team in the AFC and uh you know, they're very hot and, and you know, yeah you have to just keep an eye open on Dallas, even though I think Tony Romo is a yeah. loser. I think he can't I think in a big game he chokes, he's he's not the guy, he's not the savior, he's playing with two broken bones in his back right now. I think he's very fragile. I think a couple of good shots and that could end his season for him. But Dallas generate they, yeah, he flew, what he played. I mean, he played, but they, their lines the are so dominant. One win. Yeah, I mean, the offensive and defensive lines on the Cowboys are so dominant right now, that, uh, as opposed yes. to the Giants, which are paper thin, that, uh, oh, you know, Dallas yeah. looks tough. I mean, Dallas looks very tough, but, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking at Seattle. They look. They do not look like they have it. I look at San Francisco. They do not look like Kaepernick is really struggling this year. I. I don't know.
2: Right. i, I, I to a looking, couple of
3: years ago. I'm looking for the team, and I. And it's really tough in the NFC. I don't. I'd love to say the Giants, but I know they have nothing. So. Uh, it's Canada's just. It's, only it's rough. One loss, but their quarterback
2: is gone for the season. He's done. He's yeah. Finished. Yeah. He's done. Yeah. None he's done. Yeah. no team has ever represented their hometown. If, if they somehow miraculously made it, even though they're 8-1, uh, they'd be the first, because they're in Phoenix this year. Yeah, but, uh, on
3: nice. Ferguson, that, that, Yeah, go ahead, I'm sorry.
2: John Ferguson, you think that's going to go in the same way uh, uh, George Zimmerman pretty much went, right?
3: I think what's going to happen in Ferguson is I think they already know that the grand jury is taking a pass on this one. I think there was just too much conflicting testimony that came before them and uh, too many different versions of the the facts and circumstances. And now couple that with uh, the officer, Darren Wilson, actually going in front of the grand jury and testifying for some four hours giving his version of events. That's really unheard of for a target in a criminal proceeding to actually testify without immunity at a grand jury proceeding. I mean, that's really almost suicidal. And uh, because the standard for an indictment the probable cause standard is just so, you know, pretty easy to to reach. And that's why they always say you can indict a ham sandwich, except that this Darren Wilson just may not be a ham sandwich. And and too many different versions and facts and circumstances of what went on here. And, you know, any way you look at it, any way you look at it, you have a scenario. I mean, have you ever gone to a shooting range? Have you ever fired a handgun in a shooting range with your sure. headphones on? You know, it's well, even with the headphones on, it's pretty loud. Now, if you take those headphones yeah. off and you shoot, it's really loud. Now, can you imagine oh, being yeah. inside a vehicle and having, you know, maybe being punched in the face, then have a struggle for your handgun, which is on your hip, and having the gun go off twice, almost blow your feet off or whatever, and then inside the car. So now your brain is shattered, your face is hit, you are are in trauma right now, and uh, you get out of the car and and, and you tell this person to stop, and then your perception is that this person, and it's not like... uh, in the Trayvon Martin case where they show pictures of him riding a pony, you know when the kid was really six <laughs> one in the football right. here Michael Brown five years ago, right, Michael Brown is six four over three hundred pounds who you know allegedly struck this officer, struggled for his handgun, the gun went off, he is ignoring instructions by the officer and comes after him, and he gets shot and uh you know in the black community, you say to yourself how at least how does this not go to trial?" How does there not be an indictment here? At least let a jury determine whether or not the officer was justified in what he did. But can't we at least get it there? And the answer, I think, for that in Ferguson in this case is no, because everyone wants justice. Everyone clamors, we want justice, we want justice. Well, maybe justice is that there is not enough to indict this officer. Maybe there are too many versions. We have black jurors that are here. We've had black witnesses that testified in this case. The process was fair. The leaks that are coming out, they're not. It's not. It shouldn't happen. These leaks should not be coming out. But they don't have anything to do with the presentation before the grand jury, these leaks. So the grand jury heard a lot of evidence for a long period of time. And uh, I think what's happened here is... (coughs) This grand jury will not indict. Now, the attorney general can do like Zimmerman and can go ahead and press charges against Officer uh, Darren Wilson, and, and they can actually have that criminal proceeding. And I believe if they do that, it's going to go the same way, deja vu all over again. Like Yogi said, you're going to get an acquittal at a trial because I don't think they're going to be able to sustain a burden of proof for a conviction and uh, the state'll look bad, the system will look corrupt and uh like it did in Zimmerman. And uh look, it's it's just a tragedy, it's a tragedy, uh, that this young man was shot, but you know,
2: yes.
3: um <clears throat> this young man had a little uh little bit on his mind that evening and uh for anyone to attack a police officer in a car, that's bad, you know? That's bad. So <clears throat> do I believe that the officer had grounds to shoot? I do. Did he have reason to shoot 6 times? I don't know. Um and the 6th bullet was the headshot. Yeah. I mean the, the spray was all around and uh you know for an officer 6 years on the job to be going through that kind of trauma and then fear for his life and the safety and 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 fire to stop this man. Um I mean, I, I think that there's no way they could get a conviction at trial on this particular case, and and all the handlers that went out there to try to <clears throat> early on to to you know bring this to light, you know, they I think they got to too many of these eyewitnesses because you have varied varied stories of what went down here, and if you're a grand juror sitting there listening, I don't think you understand what happened. I don't think you have a clear. Uh, time frame in your head of exactly what went down here and if you don't, if you're confused then you can't you can't bring an indictment against this guy and I think that's what's happened and uh, I think it's going to get crazy in uh, Ferguson I think there's going to be a lot of violence there and uh, it's not going to be pretty it's not going to be pretty and
2: that cop's probably going to have to move out of that neighborhood right?
3: Yeah, I think he, they're going to reinstate him or going to put him back on. The, I I don't think so. I I think he's got to take off. I I don't think he's going to be welcome in that town. And, uh, you know, for his own safety and that of him and his family and everyone, I think he's probably going to have to move on. But, uh, you know, I, 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 I just, I would, be, I would be shocked if he gets indicted here on anything. On anything. I, I think okay, really it's, uh, it's over.
2: Final thing, uh, Jody Arias, uh, they're trying to wrap up this sentence. First, I want to ask you, do you think Juan Martinez should have retried this because there were four holdouts last time? There wasn't just one, as Dwayne Cage pointed out. There were four. What do you think? Should he, <clears throat> he have retried this or just left it?
3: I'm not a fan that of Juan think. Martinez. I'm not, I'm not a fan of his. I think he's uh, a little wacko. And I think he's a bully in the courtroom there. And uh, But, you know, look, he got the job done. He got the conviction, and that's what he had to do. So here, does he really want to put this woman to death? I guess he does. I guess that's all he cares about right now. I think they could have made a resolution in the case. They could have basically had her in solitary for the rest of her life, have her waive all of her appellate rights. Because you know how much it's going to cost the state when she starts taking appeals on all this stuff? I mean, millions of dollars. Oh, forget about it, right? And they could have just said, you know what, you're going to be locked up for the rest of your life. You're not going to see the light of day. You're not going to see people. You're not going to communicate with anyone. You're just going to sit there with you and yourself, and you can mull it over in your brain what happened that night. I think that would have been the resolution. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, and one thing I will do, give praise to Juan Martinez, the way he walked through... The events and the stabbing and the way he slowly walked through it with Travis looking in the mirror and having her stabbing him and him trying to get away from her and she going off on him, medieval on him with that knife. I mean, that was really, that really resonated. And and, and so I guess... You know, it's not the issue. Are you for the death penalty or not for the death penalty? It's The death penalty is in that state, and it's legal. And uh, if there was ever a death penalty case, I guess this is probably it. So, uh, look, um, with four holdouts, it's a close call. A lot of prosecutors would have just cut you know, cut bait and made a deal that was a successful deal and they would have moved on. But, you know, he's it, this is personal. I mean, this is not just a district <laughs> attorney prosecuting a case. He's taken this very personal and uh and, and he's he, he wants her. He wants her dead. Yeah.
2: Yep. Getting his autographs outside. <laughs> exactly. Never seen Never seen that one before.
3: I think he's waiting. Right, I think Richard. he's waiting for. Well, he's waiting for his invite to be on your show, but I hope you're not going to give it to him. But he's <laughs>
2: waiting. <laughs> okay. Thanks for giving me a good chair, Richard. I appreciate it.
3: Anytime, anytime, my friend. We'll
2: see We'll see
3: you on Saturday at about
2: twelve noon on CNN.
3: Right. You got it. Thanks so much.
2: Okay. Talk to you soon.
8: Stephen here with IGN News. Both Netflix and NBC have canceled comedy projects with Bill Cosby as he faces continuing sexual assault allegations. The comedian was set to make his return to the small screen with the network that made him a star in a new family comedy. NBC has elected to drop the project in light of recent events. The former Cosby Show star was also working on an original comedy special for Netflix, which has also been delayed indefinitely. A Netflix spokesperson said in a statement, at this time, we are postponing the launch of the new stand-up comedy special Bill Cosby's 77. The special, which was taped on the actor's 77th birthday in July, was set to launch on Netflix on November 28th. Allegations against Cosby have surfaced over the last several months. Among them, music publicist and journalist Joan Tarshis wrote an essay in Hollywood Elsewhere where she claims that Cosby drugged and raped her when she was 19 years old on two separate occasions. Barbara Bowman wrote an op-ed for the Washington Post alleging that Cosby drugged and raped her in the late 1980s. Former supermodel Janice Dixon came forward in a recent Entertainment Tonight interview alleging that Cosby raped her in 1982. Cosby had already settled a sexual assault suit in 2006 out of court. Court documents reveal that attorneys had planned to bring forward 13 additional women. Cosby and his representatives have repeatedly denied the allegations. We'll keep you updated as details emerge.
5: I came to Cleveland last night. I woke up this morning, Skip Bayless. It was one degrees. I don't want to hear any complaints oh, poor from about though. cold weather today. Oh, I don't thing. want to hear it. Poor
4: thing, You're just set lifestyle is cold there. This
5: is this is the reason I will never <laughs> forgive LeBron for leaving <laughs> well, South wait, wait, Beach. This is what minute. I'm talking about.
6: I, I okay. just saw you on ESPN last last night at halftime of one of the games, didn't I? Didn't now? Yeah. How did you get to Cleveland last night?
5: Did I, you walk? I, I took. I took a car service five oh. hours from ND to Cleveland.
4: Oh, it's a tough life, guys. And I'm guys. Yeah, it's a tough life, huh? Oh. It's one degree. I'm here. I'm, re- I'm okay. ready,
5: but it's cold. Right. It's cold.
4: Stephen A. Smith is in Cleveland where LeBron and the Spurs play tonight. We will discuss that a little later on in our show. But uh, let's talk about the other things that will be on the show today. We missed you yesterday for 24 hours of college basketball. We will discuss the freshman phenom Jalil Okafor coming up a little later on in the show. But first let's get right to it. On Tuesday, the NFL notified Vikings running back Adrian Peterson that he's been suspended for the rest of the 2014 season and his return to the league will not be considered before April 15th of 2015. The league is suspending Peterson for violating its personal conduct policy after he pleaded no contest earlier this month to reckless assault of his four-year-old son. The NFL Players Association says it plans to appeal the suspension. The arbiter in Peterson's grievance hearing has ruled in favor of the NFL, saying the league can keep Peterson on the commissioner's exempt list, which effectively ends any chance that Peterson will play again this season. But he will be paid while he's on that list. But according to Peterson's attorney, he should have been reinstated immediately after his legal issues were resolved. Let's listen.
7: I'm just speechless because in this country, we usually don't have punishment being made up as it goes along. And then, for for Goodell's statement to be so hypocritically self-righteous about Adrian not showing sufficient remorse, who in the hell does he think he is? The citizens of Texas. In a grand jury proceeding, after hearing all the testimony and seeing the evidence, chose to indict Mr. Peterson for a felony count of abusing a child. Mr. Peterson entered a plea, and the judge in Texas, not Roger Goodell, the judge in Texas, found that there was, in his words, substantial evidence to support Mr. Peterson's guilt. and Mr. Peterson, not Roger Goodell, Mr. Peterson signed a paper acknowledging quote I am criminally responsible and it was fully appropriate for the NFL to impose some discipline pursuant to the process that was collectively bargained
4: okay and Roger Goodell in a letter explained this he says the punishment the injury inflicted on your son includes emotional and physical trauma to a young child who suffers criminal criminal physical abuse at the hands of his father. Again, that was part of Roger Goodell's letter um, into why he decided to issue that punishment. Stephen A. Smith, we discussed this on the show, and we're not discussing how you should discipline a child, but we are talking about Roger Goodell, the discipline in which he handed down to Adrian Peterson. What are you, uh, your reaction to the suspension?
5: Well, I think it was excessive. I completely agree with Adrian Peterson's attorney, Mr. Rusty Hardin, uh, particularly when he said to Roger Goodell, who the hell do you think you are? I stand by those kind of assertions. I stand by those kind of questions in a manner in which it was vehemently expressed by Mr. Hardin because I think it was appropriate in this particular situation. We all understand that Adrian Peterson is no martyr. We all understand that he was incredibly wrong and egregious. We also understand uh, that, that, again, when we saw those marked and that child. We all considered it abuse. We talked about it on this show ad nauseum. That, to me, is a separate issue in this respect. Obviously, he went on the commissioner's list. He was being paid at the time, of course, but he wasn't allowed to play football. Well, now that the decision has been made and the plea deal was reached or what have you, I personally would not have had any problem whatsoever with Commissioner Raj Goodell confiscating the remaining 4.1 million dollars of Adrian Peterson's salary or fining him five million dollars or what-have-you but the games missed are the games missed and that obviously to me should be enough the fact that this is extended uh, to an entire season to me is that is, is, is de- it reeks of a PR move on a part of the NFL who know that they performed the dereliction of duty uh, for so many years as it pertained to a bevy of issues affecting its league and their willingness to address it. Had they addressed these things and and these kind of stipulations or what have you had been on the books already, then I would be more sympathetic. If this was something uh, that Roger Goodell handed down in the aftermath of instituting uh, a new uh, disciplinary policy as it pertained to domestic violence and other things, child abuse in this particular case, uh, and then something like this had happened, I would have no problem with it. But the fact that these kind of things were not being addressed by the NFL for so long and then public sentiment swelled to such astronomical proportions that the NFL had no choice but to get off its back, uh, figuratively speaking, get up and address these issues with the diligence it deserved in the first place. Uh, one would argue a lot of these problems would have been alleviated quite a long time ago. Again, we're not trying to absolve Adrian Peterson from anything. The man was wrong. What I saw in terms of those marks on that child was definitely abuse, but he's missed his share of gains, and if you find him four to five million dollars considering all that has already transpired I think that would have been incredibly sufficient the fact that the NFL decided to add to it by suspending him for the year or keeping him off the field rather for the year I think just reeks of a PR move trying to appease a bunch of folks out there I think it's disingenuous I think it's hypocritical I think it's excessive and ultimately I think it's wrong period.
6: I hear everything you just said, and obviously I also think Adrian Peterson was very wrong. He took it way, way too far. So let's start from that premise. Now were you surprised at all at Roger Goodell's reaction and ruling yesterday? Were you surprised by it? Um, Some of the things
5: I, I, I just a little bit skipped from it came across. Uh, a very, it was a a paternal, it was almost, almost the letter was paternalistic to say the least. It was like a lecture. Yeah, yeah, it was like a lecture, and it it, it really rubbed me the wrong way. Proper care of your kids. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Fine,
6: fine. It was completely and utterly predictable coming from a commissioner who I think we would agree has been under extreme fire to the point that his job has been on the line. I agree with Rusty Hardin that now Adrian Peterson is being made a scapegoat because of Roger Goodell's past failings we all know all too well when it comes to domestic violence. But Stephen A. Smith, help me out here. If the Commissioner is under fire his credibility has been called into question and is being, as we speak, investigated. Wouldn't you predict that he would drop the hammer as hard as he is allowed to drop it? And by the way, Let's go back to this. Last collective bargaining. The players in the 11th hour conceded absolute authority when it comes to discipline to Roger Goodell. So he still has the ability to drop the hammer and he dropped it as hard as he could drop it short of a lifetime fan for Adrian Peterson. Why did he do that? Because he knew full well going in that the NFLPA will now challenge. They will appeal. And if they win some right to, to get a specific number of games that Adrian Peterson will be docked, game checks and games, then it will be their fault. The NFL just doesn't, Roger Goodell can't be, <coughs> appear to be at fault at all here. He can't appear to concede at all, to be at all lenient when it comes to the punishment of an Adrian Peterson who we all agree whipped his child with a switch beyond what is reasonable for, for any parent to whip their child. So, so to me, he's now putting it in the hand. This is an image game, and he has now placed the penalty in the hands of the NFL Players Association. So now they will appeal, and if they win some concession here, that he will be suspended for whatever it is, I don't know what it is, nine, ten games, and he will lose six game checks. Well, then Roger Goodell can say, "I tried. I, I tried to punish him as harshly as I could punish him. America, did you see what I just did? Is it scapegoating? Sure it is. But it was a predictable play on the part of the commissioner. Well,
5: just, because it was predi- just because it was predictable, just because it was predictable, does it make no, it
6: right? it doesn't make it uh, right. Uh,
5: it, doesn't, it doesn't make it right. It was predictable, and I agree with you there. That can't be refuted. But that doesn't make it right. More importantly than anything else, Skip, it sort of lets Roger Goodell to some degree off the hook because of I his mishandling. You've got I a agree. lot of people. I, and you got to remember, Skip, I was of the mindset that Roger Goodell does not need to go, and I stand by that assertion. Well, yeah. I'm not thinking that just because I disagree with his decision here that suddenly uh, he, he's a subpar commissioner that doesn't deserve his job. But I'm here to tell you, it comes across as if I'm in the minority because there's a lot of people that don't believe that Roger Goodell should have remained as commissioner. When his his ruling in the Ray Rice matter, initial two-game suspension was handled it was handed down, and then all of a sudden a bevy of facts uh, continued to come out, and then you question what Roger Goodell knew and didn't know. So obviously there are people that still have their reticence, their apprehension about Roger Goodell, and I can respect that too. My issue is is that here you are. You could simply move forward and say in light of all of this news, in light of all of the stuff that is going on in our league that has sullied our brand or what have you, from this day moving forward, we are going to bring a heavy hammer down. And I think everybody would have known that and that would have been fine. But to sit there and in my mind, Essentially, retroactively go about the business of trying to cover your own behind and do the kind of things that he's done in terms of engaging in this level of hypocrisy with this ruling against Adrian Peterson. And somehow, some way, is that supposed to absolve Roger Goodell? How come we can't go back then and look at Roger Goodell? And the dereliction of duty that he's performed as commissioner of the NFL, and say, you know what? Why why haven't you been punished? Why haven't you been fined? Why haven't you been suspended? Why haven't you had some of your pay docked as commissioner? Because you did some things wrong. Now you didn't do anything egregious <coughs> like abusing your child or engaging in domestic violence. That should always be made. We should always make sure that we highlight that, which I have done right. repeatedly as it pertains to Roger Goodell. But you didn't perform your job as a commissioner. Maybe we should take a step back, rewind the clock a little bit, look at you, and let's think about how we should punish you for dropping the ball on a bevy right.
6: of issues. Okay, that is all fair. But I'm going to make one point in favor of the commissioner yesterday in what we might term his lecture that he handed down to Adrian Peterson. I am with the commissioner that I do not believe Adrian showed enough meaningful remorse publicly meaningful remorse that was the phrase again we're playing an image game here on both sides and Troy Vincent had some strong quotes in today's USA Today, and he's obviously an executive bi- vice president, former players, you Well, know? it's nice to yeah. hear
5: from him. Okay, well, nice it is, hear but, but he's
6: an ex-player yeah. who's now the executive vice president, of player, yeah. uh, what is it, personal, personnel, mm-hmm. I think, uh, uh, mm-hmm. operation, football operations for the NFL. He works for Goodell. He Keep works going. for Goodell, and yeah. he said that they offered, or they asked Adrian Peterson to come and talk to yeah. everyone involved. Yeah. All the new advisors have a, a round table with yeah. the NFL people, including all the new yeah. female advisors. Yeah. Just speak your heart to us. Tell us what happened, what you were thinking, and what you now think going forward as to how you will continue to punish your children. Just give us some idea of your thought process here. Mm-hmm. He, did, he, he did that to the grand jury to start off with, for, as Rusty Harden said this morning on Mike and Mike, for three and a half hours. They wanted to hear it straight from Adrian, and he stonewalled. He would not show up in New York for this meeting. I, I'm with the NFL on this. I would want, have wanted to hear from one of their star players about what he now thinks in his well, heart of hearts. And, and when you do that, you're asking for it. So you, when you well, Skip, th- when, when Skip, you don't show up, you're asking for it. Oh, okay. yeah. I, I, di- I don't
5: disagree with that, Skip, but we've been here before. There were things that they wanted the players involved in Bounty Gate in New Orleans to do, and they said those players did not do. Why? Because those players have a bit of reluctance going before these guys because if when you're judge jury and executioner and they look at you in a certain way they don't particularly trust okay you. But that's but point one. Qu- okay, on.
6: real quick real quick you, you can't th- that's an apple and orange comparison because those players were afraid to rat on their coaches and general manager that, yeah, they, but that, that was like what what happened in the locker room stays in the locker room
5: that's one okay. element skip the other element was that they don't particularly have a level of fondness or trust for Commissioner that That's my point and all I'm saying. Secondly, and more importantly, Skip Bayless, you know, when we talk about showing the proper level of contrition, well, who are we showing that to? And who's being the judge of that? And how is that being interpreted? You are talking about young men who don't necessarily feel comfortable in front of these specific individuals in terms of what you know, what who defines what the appropriate level of contrition is. That's number two. Number three, Skip, when you look at it from that perspective, did anybody ever take into account the fact that the case, for the most part, even though it had ultimately been pled and what have you, Rusty Harden and his entire defense was predicated on the fact that. Excuse me, this guy was raised and experienced quote-unquote corporal punishment in the state of Texas to some degree anyway. It's legal. These are, what, these are the things Rusty Hardin personally told me when I, introduced, when I interviewed him on my radio show on Sirius XM, Mad Dog Sports Radio. So the point that I'm trying to make to you is that there are a litany of issues and reasons as to why Adrian Peterson would be a bit reluctant to go before these individuals to discuss this matter. That's all I'm saying. Okay. It's not cut and dry. It's him trying to duck
6: anybody okay. or any issue. Go ahead. Okay. I get it. But aren't, don't you agree we're now in a very new and sensitive climate that we weren't in pre-Ray Rice video, right? Ye- yes, but okay. why is that, Skip? We're in a new and sensitive
5: time because the league itself didn't bring a heavy hammer down okay. on this for years. The women for ESPNW carry Champion, You can speak to this. If you're sitting there, whether it's domestic violence, child abuse, or anything else, having a, having a bunch of women stood up and acknowledged that the National Football League itself dragged its proverbial feet in addressing sure. a lot of these sure. matters when there was a bevy of evidence Absolutely. for years.
4: Yeah, they dropped they the, the, the ball. ball. Rachel, I don't think so they, they really picked it picked it up, up. Yeah, the yeah. yeah. ball. Yeah, everybody fell down on the point. Okay, so that's here, my here's point.
6: my point given this new climate, given the fact that this is now an image game played on the part of both the NFL and the NFL Players Association, if Adrian Peterson had consented to play along to go at least go through the motions of going to New York and addressing the group of new NFL advisors, it would have given Roger Goodell yesterday the ability to say we had a great long session with Adrian Peterson He is doing X, Y, and Z, and he learned X, Y, and Z lessons from this. It would have helped him to come down within a more specific punishment of we will let him back after nine games or whatever that punishment might be that would be somewhat consistent with the new policy, wait, whatever that's supposed so to be. So you're
4: saying if he came in front of that council yesterday mm-hmm. or that in front of yeah. Roger Goodell yesterday. Not was, yesterday,
6: but whenever it was supposed yes, when yes, he was supposed right, to do it. Yes.
4: You think he would have no, had a different punishment? I think he would have had
6: a different punishment.
4: Okay, wait, Stephen A., before you respond, Jeff Pash who was on Mike and Mike earlier today, he's the general counsel for the NFL. That was his line of thinking as well. He said, we've asked him to come and talk. We've asked him to explain his side of the story. You don't believe that would have changed I, his punishment? I, res-
5: I respectfully do not believe a word that came out of his mouth this morning... Or that letter from Roger Goodell as it pertains to any kind of indication that if Adrian Peterson had come and talked to them, that their ruling would have been any different, that Roger Goodell's letter would have been any different. All you was doing was going through the regular rigmarole, the pomp and circumstance. We met with him, we talked to him, and this is the ultimate conclusion that we reached. Please, they were going to do what they were going to do. And Adrian Peterson, in my opinion, because I haven't spoken to him, in my opinion, Adrian Peterson basically (laughs) said, you're
6: going to do what you're going to do anyway. Go ahead and do it. Okay, let me ask you one final question, the key question here. Given the fact that Rusty Harden says that Adrian Peterson has been punished beyond all standard punishments, that he's lost, his reputation has taken a big hit, and he's lost many of his endorsements. If not, I don't know. He may have lost he all of them. He, lost he, he said he was the second highest endorser to Peyton Manning. I don't know if that's true. That's what Rusty Harden said. But given the fact he's taken a hit in endorsements and in reputation, and he's lost X games just because he's been on the commissioner's list, what, what would be justice in your mind right now? What would be a just punishment that you would want, like to see handed down from the commissioner?
5: A two-game suspension and confiscation of 4 to $5 million of Adrian Peterson's money. In other words, either give back 5 of the $7.6 million you earned while you were not playing and on a commissioner's list, yeah. or we're going to find you about that much, you know, when you come back. But it would have been about a two-game suspension, confiscation of about 4 to $5 million,
6: but he would have been allowed to come back this season. Okay? You're talking about two more games beyond Let's the let what? Let he's see. missed nine, ten, ten, ten so ten. far. Yeah. So that would be a 12-game hiatus slash suspension. Right? What do you think? I would agree with that. I okay. think that would have been enough. But I would like to see, because they keep talking about six games, and we don't have a, a new policy in concrete here, but six-game checks. On top of two more games suspended, I would be good with that. all right, skipping Stephen A as it stands right now, he is not gonna
1: so you said that he drugged and assaulted you. you said multiple times, yes, right, you were a teenage, you were te- a teenager, an yes. aspiring actress. What do you believe happened?
0: Well there were several occasions that I would i woke up uh Out of a very confused state um, Not in my clothes There was an occasion at his brownstone in New York City Where I had gone for dinner And um, had one glass of wine with dinner There were staffers there The house was mingling with people And before I knew it I was with my head over the toilet Throwing up And he was holding my hair out of my face While I threw up And I was in a white t-shirt And my panties and he was looming over me in a white robe.
1: And so, so you were at his house at a dinner party, or were you there to be with him? I
0: was there alone, yeah. and he had been mentoring me and grooming me. Mm-hmm. I'm from Denver, Colorado, and when I was 17, my agent introduced me to him mm-hmm. to groom me, to mentor me, to get me ready for show business, and part of that was bringing me to New York City.
1: Did he ever make advances towards you when you weren't, because you believed that you were drugged, when you weren't drugged, did he make advances towards you?
0: It was a very um, controlling and manipulative environment. It was very, um, very controlled, very isolated, and uh, there were twisted things. There were there were telltale signs. But nothing overt. Uh, there was something pretty overt in Reno, Nevada. Mm-hmm. But by that time, um, I was very much under control and under his thumb. And I don't recall that there was there were drugs involved in that. So after, the, in after that the
1: initial time, you've spent, you said Reno, Nevada. You also went to, I believe, Atlantic City. Yeah. And you put yourself in a position to be close to him again. What, was that naivete? Was that youth? Why would you do that?
0: I would say that is, it's so many different things. Victims of sexual assault go through so many different things. Mm-hmm. I was young. I was in New York City. He and my agent were subsidizing my housing and my acting classes. And my job was to focus on acting, do what I was told, stay on the straight and narrow. And when things started to happen with him, mm-hmm. I couldn't go to my agent. I was terrified of her, and I was terrified of him. And he would say things. If I started to ask questions or I would get, you know, the confusion from the drugs and I'd be asking questions, he'd say, well, you were drunk. Mm-hmm. And I would say, well, I can't. I can't. I wasn't drunk, but I can't let my agent know I was, you know, in that position. She, I'm supposed to be working hard. How
1: do you think he drugged you? Do you, you have any idea? No.
0: I never saw any drugs, but I, wo, would wake up, um, completely confused, half dressed, and knowing that my body had been touched without my permission.
1: You have struggled over the years to have your. Allegations taken seriously. Yeah. And it wasn't until a comedian recently talked about it, and this is, you know, some time later, almost thirty years later. Actually no,
0: actually no. I've been speaking out publicly and trying to have the story um believed and heard since two thousand and four. Do you actually. think it's
1: been taken seriously enough?
0: It's starting to. I'm really glad now. It's it's a relief to know that the critical masses are starting to finally pay attention. It's been a long, hard lonely dark road.
1: You've never taken legal action though. I didn't. No I I didn't
0: and I didn't uh, my... why didn't I? Well I tried. I told my agent one time she did not believe me. Um, A friend of mine in 89 took me to an attorney. He laughed me out of the office. At that point nobody would believe me. He was was Dr. Huxtable. He was America's dad. Everybody loved loved him. him. I loved him. I wanted him to be my dad. And nobody believed me. And I just, I was so broken down at that point and had gone through so much of having this, my mind completely manipulated. I just, when I got kicked out of New York City, they put me back to Denver with the clothes on my back. My things got locked in the apartment. I had to sue to get my things back. I regrouped, came back to New York, and I just said, I just have to put this away. I have to just get on with my life.
1: Cosby through his attorneys repeatedly denied sexually assaulting anyone now this is according to the Washington Post a representative for Bill Cosby did not return multiple calls and emails from Washington Post staff for Washington Post staff for uh, comments on Barbara's op ed today we spoke to a representative of Bill Cosby's who didn't want to address the resurfacing of the allegations